Well, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. That's good enough. Um, so I'm used to being the woo guy. So um, so I need somebody to be a woo guy for me. Okay, that's that was good. Okay. So hey, um, it is National Youth Pastor Preach Day. Everybody needs to cheer for that. Hey, um, what you may not know around uh, the nation and possibly the world is um, there are pastors who have said, you know what, this last sermon, you can have it to the youth pastor. And that's usually what happens every single year. So um, next year, if you only go to church one day a year, I can almost guarantee I will be preaching the last sermon of next year. Um, why is that? It's because um, that's what the youth pastor gets to do. Um, the, the pastor has, has held the reins all year, and they're tired by the end of the year, and they're like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. Just let the little kid get in there. And, uh, and that's what they do. Um, really, um, probably the, the, the best description of why youth pastors usually preach on this day is because it is usually a New Year's resolution sermon right? And they try to get the most young person in there because a New Year's resolution usually uh, is like you negate that by just being young and making the choices younger. If you want to lose weight, you probably think to yourself like, I should have lost weight 20 years ago, but it's taken 20 years to gain all this weight and now I want to lose it. Or you're like, I've smoked for 20 years and if I would have just stopped when I was Noah's age, 28, yeah, I'm real young, uh, so if I would have just stopped at this age, then I wouldn't need to stop when I'm 48. Okay, so, so you, that's, that's usually why the youth pastor is preaching. And um, I'm just going to give you guys a, a, a quick snippet of what every other sermon in the nation is talking about today. And the youth pastor is going to come up and he's going to be like, you know what? <laughs> Sorry. That's how youth pastors talk. You know what, you guys? A New Year's resolution is like a diet. Okay, but diets, they don't work. You know what works? Lifestyle changes. And if you're gonna be a Christian, you've got to have a lifestyle change, all right? <laughs> and if you're gonna have a lifestyle change, you have to start today. Don't start on next Thursday, okay? Start today. Lifestyle change, not a diet. Let's pray. Okay, that, that, that is what's going on, and that's pretty much what you guys are getting today. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys can go home. Um, but um, we are talking about the, someone that was in their youth when God called them, uh, when God got a hold of them inside of the Bible, and it is Joseph. And um, in the story of Joseph, we see a lot of plot twists. We, we see uh, the, the call from, from God, the opposition that he faced, Joseph faced, and the hardships that he went through and how God was faithful. And if you want um, to, to just hold on to something and if the, this whole building crumbles and this is the last thing you hear, awesome, this is what I'm talking about. God is so faithful and he's gonna be faithful. And God was faithful inside of Joseph's life and God is faithful inside of your life. You may not know it, you may not see it yet and we're gonna see that through this story today. But that's, that's one of the reasons why we're talking about Joseph. Another reason why we're talking about Joseph today is that, um, that he experienced God's calling. He was met with opposition and hardships. And the last year, we've been met with a lot of opposition and hardships, right? 
I, I, th- I think that, that none of us are getting out of 2020 unscathed by 2020. We've we've lost so many people. We've had to change so many things. Some of you guys have lost jobs. Some of you guys have have lost security. The things that you guys were hoping towards um, to to maybe retire on, you guys have had to, to, to use that. You guys have had to change up so much stuff. I've had to change up so much stuff. Nobody talks to each other the same way. Things have changed. And some would say it's the worst year of the world, and I'm just... Like, this is my bias here. I'm not biased. It's my opinion. Um, this is not the worst year that ever happened. Like, like, just stepping back and just looking at the world. Like, if you were alive inside of Germany in the 1940s, those are some pretty crummy years. If you were an Israelite, in captivity by Egypt, they experienced some pretty crummy years. This is not the worst year. And God is faithful. And, and as we look at this, we look at the hardships, the opposition that, that, uh, that Joseph experienced. Um, I want you guys to keep that in mind. That, of course, you guys can equate it to 2020 and be like, yo, dude, we're not doing that year again. Okay, you're probably doing that year again. It's probably going to be crazy again because it's, it's, it's a fallen world. Crummy stuff happens. Not making light of any of it. Just saying. So that's one of the reasons why we would talk about, about uh, Joseph today. Uh, but most of all, I think that we all need to refocus our eyes and we can benefit from refocusing our eyes on God's faithfulness. And as we read Joseph's story, and I'm, you know what, it would be great if I just opened up the Bible and it'd be, you know what, I'd probably be a better preacher for it too. If I just opened up the Bible and I read uh, Genesis 37 through 50 and I read all 13 chapters um, and I read all 436 verses, um, we don't learn that way. Um, we don't. I don't learn that way. Uh, we learn from, from learning from the plot twists, um, from the Sparknotes version of things. Uh, so here it goes. Jacob. Can, can I get the? Um, yes. Okay. Jacob had 12 sons. Jacob, if you don't know, and you, this is a review, all this entire sermon is a review, and you'll be better for it. Okay. So. Joseph, or not Joseph, Jacob is the father of 12 sons. They will then become the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob was also named Israel because God was like, you will be Israel. I'm changing your name because you will be the the father of, of this nation, of my chosen people, God's people. And so Jacob, he has, with four different ladies, he has 12 sons. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Not going to lie. Some of those kids were named just harshly. Okay? Like the Joseph, the Benjamin, I'm cool with that. Simeon, yeah, we're getting a little new age. Levi, yeah, go for it. Like Issachar, Zebulun, Gad. Naphtali is probably the worst for me. I would not want the word named Naphtali. Named Naphtali. But... um, 
But that's, those were his sons. He had other, um, he had daughters. We learn about them inside of different parts of the Bible. Um, but, but during this, this story, we're going to focus on these sons. Now, Benjamin, he was really, really young, and we're not going to talk really a lot about him because he was just like the, like the little brother, okay? I'm the little brother. So I like, I feel for Benjamin because like everything's happening, everything cool is happening or whatever, and Benjamin's just on the side like, yo, what's up? I'm not even the favorite. I'm just like the cool younger brother. Anyway, um, but, um, but, but the, those were the, the, the siblings of Joseph. And, and we find Joseph inside of the story at 17. He has a dream. And this is what Genesis 37, um, 3 through 8 says this. Now, Israel, Jake, Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age. And he had made him an ornate robe for him. Cue the coat of many colors. They didn't say that. I'm just, anyway. Um, when the brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you rule, actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Okay, I don't know who's the bigger jerk. Joseph, for being like, like, hey, I'm going to rule over you, or the brothers for what they're going to do, for hating him for it. But truth is this, Joseph, he bought into the call that God had for him. God gave him a dream. That dream was huge. But if we really look at the, the response of Joseph from the dream, he had so much more faith than a lot of us have to say, you know what? I don't care what my brothers are going to think. God gave me this dream and I'm going to go to the people who would probably oppose that dream the very most. And I'm, I'm going to stand in front of them and say, God gave me this. That's boldness in that. And that dream that he had was, was, was incredible. And it's something that, that, that would only happen if God made it happen. This is my question to you guys. Do you have a God-sized dream? And this is not a name it and claim it. This is not a, you know what? I declare that God has a dream for you. He has a God-sized dream and you just name it, you claim it, God will do it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. God has given you a dream. Maybe it's to write a book. Maybe it's to tell somebody about Jesus. Maybe it is to be the most successful business person, um, at whatever your field of business is. Maybe it's fill in the blank. God has given you a dream. And I believe that just like Joseph, your dream cannot be accomplished by you and you alone. I do not believe for a second that God has changed his mind on how he gives dreams. Now, did you have a dream that, that maybe like you like woke up and you're like, 
holy moly, I'm going to do this. Probably not. But there's a burning something inside of your heart that is telling you to follow something, do something wholeheartedly. And it is not a wrong thing. It is not sinful to do the thing that God's given you. And I believe that, that the, the same way that God was faithful to Joseph, he will be faithful to you. Because God has given us the example over and over and over again of his faithfulness inside of the Bible. Not so we can say, wow, he was really faithful to some people a couple thousand years ago. But for us to look at and say, wow, look at how faithful he is with the people who love him. So if you have a dream, I believe you should go for that dream. Go for that dream. It's wonderful. But remember, God is faithful. Um, it says inside of Romans 8.31, it says, What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? You guys are supposed to say that. It's fine. I didn't tell you guys. It was a participation sermon, but it's a participation sermon. Um, but if, if God is for you, who can be against you? And, and Joseph had the same mindset when it came to following the dream that God had given him. That's why he told his brothers. So this is what happens. Things aren't unicorns and rainbows, okay? Things are about to get bad. And just to paraphrase, Jacob sent his son Joseph into uh, into the, the fields where his 10 brothers were. And when they saw him from a far way off, they started to plot to kill him. And um, it's a good thing that they saw him from a far way off because by the time that Joseph got to them, they had whittled it down from, let's not kill him, but let's just sell him into slavery. So that's exactly what they did. They threw him in a pit. These people were walking by. They sold him to, he's off into slavery. And it kind of throws a wrench into the whole God is faithful thing, right? Well, God is faithful, and God's going to do an amazing thing. But I, I just want to paint a picture of, of the, the heart behind what the, brother, the brothers did. I'm the youngest of six kids. I've got three older sisters. Uh, my, the oldest one's 11 years older than me. The youngest one that's older than me is five years older than me. Um, so we chill. They like raised me and stuff. But I've got three or two brothers that are twins. So they're like telepathically like connected. And they beat me up. They're three years older than I am. Names are Logan and Cody. If you want to look them up on Facebook, Logan's not on Facebook, but Cody is. Um, please don't at them or anything like that. I'm just kidding around. And I did ask that I can tell the story. But one time we were moving, we moved a whole lot. And as I came out of the bathroom after going to the bathroom, because that's what you do in a bathroom, um, they, they jumped me and they, they put my arms over my eyes and they taped my arms to uh, my face and they threw me inside of a closet and they beat me up and they filmed it, okay? Now, it is hilarious in hindsight. I'm not even sure my parents know about that, but they would not have thought it was funny. They did not get in trouble for it. I do know that. Maybe my mom saw it and was like, that's hilarious. Uh, so 
Well, that's what they did. Uh, they filmed it on their Razer phone. And uh, so it's kind of grainy. It's a hilarious video. Anyway, I don't have it. If you're waiting for it to show up on the screen, it's not there. I know a lot of you guys. Actually, a lot of the first service were like, we thought you were going to show it. And I was like, <laughs> my goodness. Anyway, um, but, um, but, but they, they did that, and, and that was in the heart of a brother. And I feel like that if you guys have older brothers, you guys know exactly how that feels. You're like, ooh, like, it like, kind of like gets you like a pit in your stomach. You're like, I feel like that's about to happen to me right now. And you can like feel that happening. Um, the kind of thing that Joseph's brothers did is not the kind of thing that my brothers did. What they did to Joseph was heartless. It was disgusting. And reading between the lines, this is why it's disgusting. They went to their father that loved, that they knew loved Joseph so much. And they let him believe that Joseph had died. And that not that he had died from natural causes, that he had been mauled by an animal. And for years after that, continued the lie as their father mourned as their father was, was changed. We find out later on inside of the story that, that, he, that he holds on to Benjamin so tight that, that he sends the, the other 10 brothers out to get food, not really even caring what happens to them. But he's like, but I need Benjamin to stay safe. And he's so protective of him, he won't even let Benjamin leave. He would rather die than let him leave. This is the effect that the death of Joseph had on Jacob. And the brothers are to blame. It's disgusting. Continuing on. Now Joseph was taken to Egypt. But the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man serving in a household of his Egyptian master. We know that to be Potiphar. Joseph found favor in his master's eyes and became his personal attendant. God is faithful, right? So a bad situation, God is faithful. God does these cool things. He's now the uh, Potiphar's ma- uh, head attendant person, like the head of his household. That's pretty cool. But <sighs> Joseph was a well-built and handsome man. If you're struggling to figure out what that looks like, Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, he was a well-built and handsome man. And um, after some time, his master's wife, uh, Potiphar's wife, looked at him longingly and said to Joseph, sleep with me. Yeesh. But he refused. He said this, look, <laughs> with, me, my master, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. And he has put me and all put given me all that he owns and given it to my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do this immense evil and how could I sin against God? So he's like, whew. Got that out of the way. I rejected the lady that's trying to tempt me. Get away, you evil temptress. Well, one day, he was in the house alone. Why was he in the house alone? I have no idea. 
That's one of the things I'm going to ask him when I get to heaven. You put yourself in that situation. Or was the situation just there? I don't really know. He may be like, it's just what happened. Whatever. Um, But he was in the house all alone. And Potiphar's wife grabbed him by his garment and said, sleep with me. But leaving his garment in his hand, fleed from his clothes, by the way. Crazy. Anyway, um, he escaped and ran outside. Good man. Good, good for you, Joseph. But Potiphar's wife was, she's schemy. She's a dirty little girl. Okay? She put Joseph's clothes right next to her. <laughs> oh, I'm getting fired. Um, I just looked over at Clayton, and he's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, maybe I'm not preaching next year on this Sunday. Um, so she put Joseph's garment beside her and waited for Potiphar to come home. And then she told him the same story that she had said before, that the Hebrew slave that you brought to us to, has made, came to make a fool of me. But when I screamed for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. Well, Potiphar was furious, obviously, and had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was in prison, which throws another wrench in the God is faithful thing. Why, God? Why do you keep doing this? Well, the story continues. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and granted him favor with the prison warden. You are starting to see a pattern, I hope. That even though this world is crazy, even though sin has entered this world, even though Joseph has continued to be faithful, this world has demolished him, his pride, his security, his everything, but God is still faithful. In the midst of it all. (sighs) Check this out. Because the Lord was with him, everything he did was successful. And he became the head of the prison in some way. Just to clarify, God's not going to give you a Midas touch where everything you touch turns to gold. That's not what he does. It means that you will have, if you are in his will, you will have God's favor, you will have his mercy, and you will have his grace. And let me just tell you, it is God's grace, his mercy, and his favor go far farther than any money could ever get you. And if you're looking towards 2021, and you're, you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do better. Let me just tell you, making more money is not going to be better in the eyes of God. Giving your life, your, your whole heart, every, all your time to God, because he gave it to you, just giving it back, there's a transaction that will happen. You may not be able to see it today, tomorrow, this decade, but God will give you his favor, his mercy, and his grace. And like I said, that goes a lot farther than anything we could ever earn on our own. So, Joseph's story doesn't end there, just sitting in prison, being the head of, uh, head of the prison. 
what's going to happen is uh, there are going to be these two guys, a cupbearer and a, um, a baker is going to come. They're going to be from Pharaoh, and, and he's going to interpret their dreams. And then in chapter 41, he's going to interpret the Pharaoh's dreams. And then something crazy is going to happen. The Pharaoh is going to look at Joseph, a guy in prison, talking about interpretations of dreams. And he's going to say, you know what? I want you to be second command of Egypt. That's crazy. That's unheard of. That's like me walking down the street and seeing Jeff Bezos, the, the CEO of Amazon, and saying, hey, dude, your fly's down. And him saying, zip, okay, you can be the vice president of Amazon. That makes no sense. But wait, it's because God is faithful that this happened to Joseph. That's not gonna happen with Jeff Bezos, okay? If you're watching here, Jeff, honestly, if you're watching right now, I'm glad you're watching me. But I'm not the right choice. Um, I'm not. But you know what? God sees inside of people. He saw inside of Joseph something when he was 17 years old. And he said, you know what? I'm going to, you are going to be an instrument I'm going to use to, to show my glory. And Joseph was cool with it. Now, we don't know if he was cool with being in prison. We don't know if he was cool with, with being sold into slavery. I doubt he was. But you got to admit, by the end of Joseph's life, he's got to be thinking, okay, God really has his, his sights set on me. He, he's definitely given me his favor. He's given me his mercy. And he's given me his grace. Because he's faithful. Even through all the plot twists. He's faithful. So, Joseph's dad, his brothers, including Benjamin, and like 76 other people come to Egypt. Where they would die inside of the land that they were, God delivered his family, his people, to Egypt. Fast forward a little bit. They're going to be thrown inside of, inside of imprisonment and stuff like that in Egypt, but we're not going to talk about that today. In the, in the scope of this story, we, we see a huge thing that God's done. And it's enough for us to be able to look at 2020 and be like, okay, God, I know things didn't go my way, but I trust that you were faithful. I know that, for lack of a better phrase, that crap hit the fan. But you're faithful. This is a really cool thing, I think. God was not just faithful to Joseph. And we glorify Joseph. We say that Joseph's the best in the world. And we're like, Joseph, yay! You're the favorite brother. He was not. Maybe to the dad... But when you look at Joseph's descendants and then you look at some of his brother's descendants, <laughs> Levi. There's a guy that is going to come from his lineage named Aaron. He's a pretty big deal inside of the Old Testament. Moses, he's a pretty big deal inside of the Old Testament. John, the stinking Baptist, is a pretty big deal. Eli is a big deal. 
these are the people who are coming out of Levi. One of the ones that were like, were like, you know what? We should just like sell this dude. And for years, we're like, yeah, sorry, dad, he died. Hey, that's heartless. But out of those people, God still showed himself to be so faithful. How about Judah? You know who comes from Judah? King David. And if David came from, King, from Judah, we know who else came from Judah. It was Jesus. Can you believe that? Judas. Or not Judas, Jesus. Sorry, ooh, Judas. Well, maybe Judas too. There's probably a Judas in there somewhere. Jesus. Came from Judah. That's where I got that. Guys, we, we skip over these small details because we don't think they mean anything. But to God, they mean everything. They mean everything. God did not orchestrate this thing so we could say, you know what, we should turn this into a novel. I hope we get a million sales and we make a lot of money off of it. No. He orchestrated all of this to show that he is faithful above all. Now, no matter what happens, God has got our back. One more thing before I leave. 2021 is probably going to be pretty sucky. I don't know if that's a word. I don't know how else to explain that. We don't know what it's going to be like. Probably going to look the same as 2020. But guess what? God is still faithful. And if 2020 has proved anything to you and me, it's that just like uh, Matthew 7 talked about when Jesus is talking about like building your house on the sand or the, the rock, that definitely like if you're waiting for trials and winds and, and like rain to come and like wash away foundations, like this was the year that it happened, right? And it, it tested all of our faith and it, it revealed if you have built your house on the rock or if you've built it on the sand, so today's challenge is easy, super easy. If you've built your house on the sand and you recognize that from 2020, you're like, wow, I have been thrown to the wolves, I feel like. I feel like that everything in my, in my life is falling apart because my foundation is gone. Good thing, God is faithful. So go to your spiritual Lowe's or Home Depot and start getting the materials to drill into the rock so your foundation in 2021 is solid. And you do that today. You don't do that tomorrow. You don't wait until January 1st to do that. You do that right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus, right now is the time to do that. To say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've, I've done wrong things and I am far from you. God, I, I accept your, your free gift of, of salvation, of saying that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins, that if I ask you to, to forgive me, that you will do that, and I will have eternity with you. That's amazing. 
Or maybe it's just on shifting sand because you haven't been putting God first. Today's the day to get that right. Not 2021. Because that's a diet. And that will not last. It is a lifestyle change. And if you have figured out during 2020 that your life is, or your world, your life, your faith is built on the rock, here's another challenge for you. Don't, don't keep that close to your chest. What I mean by that is do not hold that in and hold it to yourself. My faith is so good. I've got this under control. Whenever I have a problem, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know what, me and God, we got this. Because your family may be suffering. Your marriage may, may be crumbling. Because you have this good relationship with God, but you are not being an example to the people around you. I think we all have work to do. I think we've got sandy parts of our houses that we need to build a good foundation on. And I think a lot of you guys have some solid faith. But if we were doing a good job of like sharing that faith, we'd be hearing about it a lot more, right? We'd be hearing about people's, man, it wouldn't be, man, I, I, man this, this, this 2020, man, it's really been rough. It'd be like, you know what God is doing through 2020? I've, I've been able to tell so many new people about Jesus with my mask on. It's been great. I've been able to hide behind my mask. It's been wonderful. That's the kind of faith we ought to have. And that's the call for today. Foundation on shifting sand. Get that right. Is it, if it's on the rock, show it and tell it. Let's pray. Dear God, you are gracious and you are wonderful. And I thank you for this time. I pray that you will continue to mold and shape us into being men and women after your own heart, God. And if there's anybody here that needs to, to talk to you, I pray that they will do that today. That we won't put off for tomorrow what could be done today because today is when you are calling us to do something. God, we trust you. We love you. God, we, we, we don't know what to do with 2020. We don't know what to do with 2021, but we trust you because you are faithful and we learn that from your word. And just looking at one story, we're thankful for what you did through Joseph. We pray that you'll do that same thing through us. If we have a God-sized dream, God, give us the passion to go for it. Let us lean on you and you alone. We love you, Jesus. We will always give you glory. We will always give you praise forever and always. Amen. Amen. Church, can we say thank you to Noah?